You're listening to RTI Audio, powered by Rocky Top Insider. This is Pancakes and Bacon with VFL, Tyler Kerbison, and Reed Bacon. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Pancakes and Bacon. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Kerbison, joining us, Reed Bacon. We have a great one today. Uh, Vols just beat UConn very handily, uh, going into a top 15 matchup with uh, Missouri this week. So super excited about that. We're going to break down the game. We're going to talk a little Nico and a little bit of the future and what we're looking at the Missouri Tigers. But before we get into any of that, Reed. How we doing, bud? Hey, Kyler. If I would, I have a, yeah, you're that <laughs> one and only Kyler. But that one and only text, it's Frosted Flakes. <laughs> how we doing, buddy? Uh, not bad. Not bad. Uh, how are you? I'm fantastic. I've had a pretty good weekend. I love, I love homecoming weekends for Tennessee because it's always a nice, easy game. And I don't stress while I'm watching. It's fun. Uh, rewatching is fun as well. Um, doesn't feel like it's hot, tough to do because every time we lose, it is it's like gut wrenching to me <laughs> to like have to rewatch just bad things happening. Um, so yeah, it's been great getting into the fall weather. I freaking love it. It's my favorite time of year as a big man. I need it to be a little bit more crisp and I can, you know, be comfortable outside. So I'm, I'm, very happy individual. I don't know about over there in Nashville, but it's getting back up into the high 70s, maybe even 80s on Wednesday here. And Meg and oh. I were talking about, we're like, you know, like we're just, you know, not we're not going to hate on on nice weather. We appreciate it, but we're kind of ready just to keep the, you know, 60s and below. I'm, I, yes. I don't need to get back up in the 70s and 80s and be like, wow, I remember how this feels. Uh, okay, so let's say this. I heard Jimmy Himes – Maybe he Schuler and they were maybe on with Tyler and Will this past week, and they were talking about these types of games where it's like you know you're going to blast this team. Yeah. Now, we thought we were going to blast Austin Pete, which we did, but it wasn't necessarily maybe what we thought it was going to look like. And they sure. were talking about how do you have players ready to go, like how do the players get up, and they're talking about the, all those things. So I was thinking back on it. And I wanted to ask you how you felt when you were playing a team that you knew that you were better than. And I think we've maybe talked about this once, but I can't remember what you said. Um, and then I know how I used to feel about games like this. And let me let me say one more thing. Okay. The people, the people who were usually the most nervous about these type of games were the second and third string. And I'll say why later on. I would yeah, but agree go ahead. What did you what, what did you feel? What did you feel like going into these type of games? Um, going into these type of games, I as a starter, I was very much like I don't want to play the second half. Like going into the game, I was like I don't want to play. I want the twos to play, and it was even like part of my motivation was like I want them to have a chance to play because this is the game that they can. Because I remember being a two. I remember being second string and being like, please beat the crap out of these guys so I get a chance to play. So I remember as a starter being in these games, like I don't want to be in here in the second half 
And that gave me the motivation I needed to like play well. I wasn't going to be falling asleep for any of it. It's like, no, I want to score every time we have the ball. That way I can get the heck out of here. Cause I know that we can um, now in certain instances that never happened. Like my, I think my senior year, it was, yeah, it was my senior year. We played North Texas and we won 24 to nothing. And it's like, yeah, you still won. You beat up on them. But like I was in pretty much the whole game. Yeah. Which is not what I wanted. And, and but it's, I agree with you that second and third string is very nerve wracking. Yes. Yes. So it's not that we don't love ball and want to play and enjoy the games, but there's something nice. It's later in the season, you go out, you get your reps in, you feel good about it. You, you, you can start blasting them and then you let the young, young pups get in and then you get to be over there on the sideline and, kind of chilling and relaxing and, and cheering your guys on and watching. And it's a half bye week, you know, it's a, uh, and yeah. so it, it's just nice to get your legs. Not, like I said, not that we don't like to not, you know, we want, we love playing the games are the best part, but second, third string, it is, you know, 85%, 90% you're going in. Now, when is it going to go in? So you're sitting there and you're like, okay, is he going to, is he going to yell twos now? Is it going to be in a little bit? Then if we start hot, you're like, wow, this could be pretty quick. If we start slow, am I going to get in? And it's that mental battle of you've been, you know, we all warm up as a team, but then you're standing over there on the sidelines. Then it's then it's also like, this is my first time to really get it and go, and you want to play well, and you're a little yeah. nervous. So it's, it's that uneasiness of not knowing when you're going in, when you might not. Then it's the nervousness of I want to play well. You know, and and so and then it's you start really, getting tight on the sidelines, and you're like, oh god, like I don't, I don't feel loose right now. Like, can right. I go in there? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know if I could do this. And the thing is, when they say twos or threes, you're going. You're not, <laughs> hey, hey, can we get, can we get a three minute warm up over here on the sideline with the strength coach? It's like, no, get your helmet in and get your ass in the game. Yeah. So I was just thinking about that. Now, when I, uh, and obviously I didn't start at, at Memphis, and so. You know, I wasn't I wasn't there long enough to to see how that was going to shake out. But going back to high school and going to games where we knew we were going to just beat them, I personally, I, I I you know I love to play any type of games. I love the hostile environments when you're on the road and it's a big game. I love big games at, at home and you're fired up. And then when you know you got a team like this, it's kind of a little bit more freeing. I'm still going to read my keys, but I may be a little bit little bit more aggressive. You know, if I if I got somebody and a chance to hit them, instead of making sure I'm wrapping up and making the tackle on a big game, this game I might try to big hit them or go straight for a strip set or for a strip. So you kind of let you know you kind of let you play a little bit more loose, and this is very much a hey, let's I'm going to try to get a pick this game, or I'm going to try to get this many tackles or whatever. So I, I remember playing in these type of games, and I never was like oh lulled to sleep. I don't want to be here. I was always even more. I was always very fired up to play but this one i was maybe a little bit more aggressive yeah i feel like i feel like it's different for you though as an offensive lineman because you're not thinking about how many tackles you can get how many sacks you can get how many receiving yards you can get how many touchdowns you can score yours is still the same like i got to keep my guy clean we got to be efficient maybe get a couple pancakes but it's a little bit different for an offensive lineman yeah it is i mean you're Sometimes in these, you're not necessarily like, I need to get pancakes and like show my dominance over this guy because in like SEC games, when you're playing against a Georgia or Bama, you're like, 
I got to show him that I'm not here to fuck around. And it's like, yeah. I don't have to show that to the UConn defensive end. Like, yeah, yeah, he, know, like he knows who I am. So it is a little bit different in that way. Like there's a more of a mental game manship, like back and forth between like a D end and you like two SEC guys. But uh, yeah, I think, um, I think it's always very interesting. Like, these kinds of games, whether you're up, you're down that I like the more aggressive play. Like some of my favorite things about this is that like, Hey, now I get to see this guy get these, this many reps and he gets get tested over and over during a game setting. Cause like you can't always get those looks that you want during practice. Right. And right. some of these guys that are playing that played in the second half, they run scout team all day. Like, they don't even get to run Tim Banks' defense or Josh Heupel's offense. They run whatever team that we're going to play the next week's offense and defense. So it's like they actually get to come out and understand what's going on and run their actual defenses that they'll be running in years to come. So it's like, honestly, the most important part about these games is that the ones do really well so that the twos can get in. Speaking of... Speaking of getting getting the twos in and, and getting the threes in, um, we, we were able to do that, and we were able to do that because we blasted UConn. And I say it's funny that we blasted UConn because we had some UConn people talking a little stuff at the pregame. That now, is true. <laughs> I, I took the liberty to rewatch the video a few times and luckily, UConn's players were wearing their warm-up shirts that had their numbers on the back. So I said, huh, this is interesting. I see the guys that are talking some stuff here. And I said, let me go see if they even played. Yeah. And I was like, let me see if they did anything to help contribute to UConn. Which, when you lose 56-3 to or whatever the final score was, no one really did enough to win the game. No. No one really did anything good. But anyway, so we have number six. We have number four, and we have number 22. Number six was Muma Ben Wada. He was a DB. He had two tackles, and he was outrun. One of the guys that got outran by Jalen Wright on the first one, and he was the guy that got beat on the switch release wide open, <laughs> wide open uh, Ramel Keaton. Then we had number four with Stan Cross. I had no stats for Stan, so I couldn't find anything Stan. Now we had number 22 was a Noah Plack. He was a linebacker. And Noah had three tackles. So when you are out there and you were on the opposing team side and you were warming up and there's some stuff being talked back and forth, whether you knew what you're doing or not, I see Stan, who's number four, giving it one of these. He's got his he's got his headphones on and he's giving it one of these and talking and running his mouth and giving a little jibber jabber back to Coach Heupel in Tennessee. And I'm like, okay, all right. Okay. All right, sounds good. Like, hey, not only is he a good coach, you do know that he was a national championship winning quarterback. But no, you're 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 fine. Like, go ahead and run your mouth. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then Noah, Noah, who's the linebacker, you know, he's out there. He like jawing and stuff, and he's starting to walk back the other way. And I saw, I heard him drop a couple f bombs, and it was very much like, man, blah, 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 like some of this nonsense. I was like, okay, all right. I was like, you know, if you're gonna talk, like, let's see what you do. And so I yeah, thought that was see. kind of. I thought that was kind of funny. And I want to give a shout out to Go Big Orange uh, on uh, Twitter or X. He has been, well, I guess, yeah, I forget. I don't even know if he's ever told me his name. I'm, I'm a, 
I'm assuming he's a guy. He is a guy. He's a guy. I don't think he's ever. Anyway. It has to be. I don't think a woman's yeah. done that. Yeah. So it was Go Big Orange. He's always hitting us up. He's always following. So we appreciate you very, very much. But he sent us the Kentucky pregame where Kentucky was waiting for us mm-hmm. coming out of the tunnel. And Kyler, 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 Kyler. <laughs> I started to laugh very hard when I saw that. Now, obviously, the game is already over, so I'm not seeing this, and then the game's about to be played. Mm. We already know the result that Kentucky got beat. We already know the result that Kentucky maybe didn't look that good. And I was sitting there thinking, as a Tennessee player, I would have loved nothing more than to come out of the game, and there's the kitty cat sitting there waiting on me, trying to stare me down, saying a little something. I would have made sure that I casually slowed down to come through them and let them know what was about to happen. Now, how do you feel when you saw that? I know that got you juiced up. Oh yeah. It got me fired the fuck up. I would have been, I would have been all up in buddy's face. I like, I would hope that some defensive end or defensive lineman was standing over there because that's the first person I'd run to, you know, you, you leading into the week, you memorize everyone's number, memorize who they are, what their moves are. As an offensive lineman, you you know who's who's on that D line, who you're going to go against, and if you know, I saw one of those defensive linemen that if they were trying to stand out in front, oh my gosh, I would be, I'd give them a nice little shoulder as I ran by, and be like, "Fucking bitch, like get ready, yeah. for your, you're ready for this ass whooping, motherfucker!" Like, yeah, I would have been all up in their face. It's, yeah, I. I- I was so happy that he sent that. And then I saw someone else tweet something out, or maybe it was actually the Tennessee Vols, like the actual Tennessee football that put out the video recap of the Kentucky game. And it was showing when they, it was like they do their smoke and they were playing Waka and like the whole stadium's supposed to get hyped, but our sideline was just getting dumb hype. And I, all I could think about was me and you when we, when we play anything together and they're start and we're just getting it, bro. Like, Kentucky's trying to get their fans fired up, and all they're doing is just getting Tennessee it's like, fired uh, up. It's like Austin East. Yeah. When hey, we were in high school. <laughs> let, me, let me say this. I, so, it was our senior year, and it was actually my first game playing middle linebacker. So, I, I'm juiced because I've always played either safety, corner, or outside. Mm. And, unfortunately, someone got injured, but I was I was pumped to play middle linebacker. I mean – I, that entire week when Coach Corm came to me, he's like, you want to bump inside? I was like, <laughs> Coach Corm, do I want to bump inside? Put a 53 I, on my chest. I got I, No, I had 27, bro. I was all in. I was all in. I was just thinking. I mean, I think I watched Al Wilson highlights all week getting ready for this game. And it's awesome East, so it's a good game of ours. We had some back-and-forth rivalries with them. So I'm juiced. And I'm, you know, I'm like uh, – like, 195 200 I don't I don't care like this is this is what I've been dreaming for my entire life yeah. and it and it was so funny because what we were just talking about Austin East when we started wake, waking our making our way out we usually let the opposing team go first they go to kind of their sideline and then and then we'll come in well we went ahead and went in and then Austin East was coming out because they were coming out late and so we're standing there and they start coming and like stopping at us, like kind of like, hey, what's up? Like, what are we doing? And I remember there was a couple of them that stopped, and a couple of them were offensive and defensive linemen. You know, most guys play both ways. And I'll never forget number seventy-five. And he and he comes and he stops, 
and he just starts – or he's jawing, and he kind of stops in front of, like, a younger, smaller, like, freshman. And I, I come out, and I'm getting in Buddy's face. I'm like, yeah. like, And so it was very much yeah. that Kentucky, Tennessee, you get to see him before. And I'm not going to repeat what I said. <laughs> I'm not going to repeat what I said, but I basically was like – I was like, you. I, I, I said a few things. I was like, you play? You even get snaps around that type line. And he tried to be like, yeah, yeah, like I'm so as a linebacker, when I get on and I see that he's a guard, I was like, okay, 75 is about to get his next snap back. Yeah, great. And, and it wasn't it wasn't like first or second play, but it was definitely like first or second series. And I caught him and just like let him know. And it, it, needless to say, that's something that I will always remember. No one else maybe ever seen it, but I know that he knows what's up. Oh yeah. So. Oh, you remember those little personal vendettas. Hey, whatever you gotta do to motivate yourself for a game, do it. Like, oh, that you, I couldn't agree more. We're sickos. The stuff that we have to go through, I mean, yeah, yeah I'll never – honestly, though, when I saw Kentucky do that, I immediately thought about when Austin East did that and they started saying stuff to us, and I was, like, salivating at the mouth. And so I was just talking stuff to their whole team as they ran by, and then we ended up getting the win. And <clears throat> your boy was player of the game on defense. No, we can't. No, no, we do – we don't have to talk about it. We we don't have to talk about it. I still have I still have it. It was like it was like 15 tackles, a couple for a loss, like two sacks. We don't have to talk about it. I also played offense, had some receptions. We don't have to talk about it. Well, good because I don't want to talk about. It. Oh God! Listen, you 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 were Mr. Football. You were a four-star. You had all the offers. Like, let, let me just have my moment. <laughs> you got it, bud. You got it. Oh, hey, hold on. I got to go get the player of the game award. I know where I am. <laughs> go get it out of the closet. <laughs> it's like it's like right here. <laughs> oh, look at this. Whoops. I didn't mean to have this in front of me. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. Uh, let's let's jump into it. What, yeah, let's actually get into this game. What you um, what'd you think about the big plays? Uh, yeah, so offensively, absolutely love it. You're doing exactly what you should be doing. Um, you know, this is what you expect. You don't expect the first half versus Austin P. So this made me feel good because those two games are kind of seen on the same uh, plane and they're two different outcomes. They're two different shows of what you got. Um, I just, you know, the first touchdown with Jalen, it's just, yeah, we can run the ball whenever we want. Uh, you know, there's miscommunication in the back end on their defense that opens up stuff for us. Um, but I, I, you know, I loved clean football, no turnovers, really not a lot like of bad, bad penalties. Um, so I, I was super happy. Keep running the ball. I loved some of the wrinkles that we threw in. There were some play calls that I was like, oh, okay. Like, yes, let's get the ball to Castles. Yes, let's do this. Um, and we can kind of get more into that. But, like, overall, I thought it was really good. I thought Joe played a good game. Um, and, you know, it was a manageable game. It's not like Joe had to do a lot. Uh, but he did what he needed. And... Yeah, uh, there there was no chance UConn was stopping this offense. And one of the things I love the most, I thought we got back to being a fast-paced offense. Felt very muted versus Kentucky and maybe even Bama that it wasn't necessarily like 
we're up on the line. We're up on the line. Go, 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 go. But this one, it very much was. Like, as soon as Buddy's got tackled, we're lined up and we're running a play and not necessarily, oh, look at the sideline. What can we do? Da, 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 da. Um, and that might just be like, hey, we're playing Bama. I want to see what defense they're in before we run a play. Right. By by Hypel. Um, right. Just as simple as that. But I did like going fast because I, I, I thought it, it gives us a lot of an advantage. So I thought, you know, speaking of Joe, and I'm not allowed to speak to Nico, Kyler already told me I can't talk Nico until we get to the Nico part on the side. So offensively, you know, to start it off with that long run, that really reminded me, and it's not fair because it's not that I think he's slow. I think he's fast, but I think that how hard he runs and his break tackles I think of Jalen as just an all-around back, maybe slightly more of a power back, but dude was a track track runner in high school, and it can blaze. And so that was very typical of him. Get it? The blocking's good because Cooper and Ollie had a double team, and then Coop worked up, got his block. Uh, Jacob came in, got his block really well. Yep. Ollie, ended up, Ollie ended up dumping and finishing for a pancake. Jalen breaks – an arm tackle, and he's still quick enough and fast enough to like kind of get his composure and then house call it. Yeah, I think now, the zero to sixty was the most impressive part. It was it was nice, and I'm like, dang, like sorry, Jalen. Like, not that I have ever thought that you were slow by any stretch, but I see Dylan come in, and I'm like, Dylan's really really fast, and Jabari's really really shifty, and it's like, kudos, Jalen. Like, uh, it's nice to see you burn it, and uh, that has to be a great feeling of. When you're out in front of everyone, and you're just you're just leaving people. I mean, that has to be a super dope feeling to be able to go eighty something yards. The, it was a great feeling for everybody. I know every offensive lineman was like, "Yes, two play yeah. drive." I love that. Right, right. Then that Ramel catch was probably a more difficult catch than the one he dropped against Virginia, mm-hmm. and the fourth down that he dropped against A and M was that A and M. He had that bad drop on the fourth down. I think so. Yeah. So this one is more difficult in the fact that he was that wide open. That he knew how wide open he was. Now it was a perfect, perfect ball from Joe. Joe could not have walked down there and handed it to him any better. But knowing for that wide open, it's, uh, we've talked about it before, it's a wide open layup in basketball and everyone's in the gym watching and you just, you know, you just lose your um, fundamentals and just, brick it and so the only reason that the, that someone could argue that that catch wasn't as hard as those other ones is because it's UConn and so maybe in his mind there's a little bit more pressure early in Virginia a little bit yeah. more pressure in the A&M game but when you're that wide open and you're just here catching and he didn't body catch it he did catch it with his hands and so, over the shoulder like still did over the sh- like a lot of times you guys turn around yeah. it and so and so it was good to see him catch that one uh the you know just a couple of the other ones and and then we can go because i know we got some other stuff to talk about the blocking on joe's qb sweep was was perfect castle caught him a body that he almost he lifted a guy off his feet i don't know if you saw it the guy did not get pancaked but he definitely realized that he just like he got smacked and was probably like oh shit like i, I yeah know that I mean, everybody on that play got on top of the defender before the defender understood everyone right. got, 
they all reached them. They got on top of them first. Um, and that's, like I said earlier, it's credit to how fast you're going, how yes. fast your offense is going. They weren't even ready for it. And Devin's of was reached. Castle was out on the guy. Ollie had got up to linebacker. Like it was like everyone Jaylen, went faster. Jalen had the one free Jalen had the one free guy and he was going out and the guy tried to jump inside. So all Jalen had to do was get a hand on him. And Joe Lilly walks in. I could have done without the Cam Newton Superman. It's like, hey, we're playing UConn. You just <laughs> walked in, didn't get in touch. Like we don't need to reveal any Superman stuff, but I Joe can't help himself. Yeah, 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 yeah. The ball, the ball to squirrel. Might have been one of his best throws since he's been it might have been one of the best throws on the post. of his life. Yeah, no, on the deep dig, yeah, post. That might have been one of the best throws he's ever had in his life because that is a long throw, and he hit Squirrel one step in front to keep his momentum. So I, mm -hmm. I love those plays. I would love if we could complete one like that against an SEC opponent not named Vanderbilt, but if we could have one coming up next week against Missouri, you know, or, or, or just, to, just to see that as a thing of beauty, and I would like to have one not necessarily on UConn. Other yeah. than that, offensively, it was a nice day to get your stats. You know, Caleb Webb and Castle getting tutties. I'm not talking about Nico. I didn't say who threw him. But, <laughs> uh, no, or Caleb Webb had a nice catch. I'm sorry, Castle was the one that had the touchdown. But, anyways, it was – It. I mean, they, like you said early, man, they did what they were supposed to. It was a little sloppy at the beginning with some – some flags on offense and defense, but it was what we were supposed to do. And I'm kind of ashamed of myself. I woke up that morning. I looked at the spread that it was Tennessee nine and a half first quarter and the 35. And I guess Austin P had me spooked a little bit. I just was a big baby and didn't bet it. And I should have learned my lesson that Heupel's at home. We're playing a little bit better now. Like trust yeah. him. What'd you see on defense? Well, before we yeah, talk about defense, I go just ahead. want to talk about plays on offense that yeah. I really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, there was an empty set. So, well, not set. So it was set with Jalen in the backfield. He motioned out and they got him the ball. And it ended up being just like an eight yard gain, right? He made a guy miss. There was some blocking on the outside, but they motioned him out and he was kind of in his motion when we snapped the ball. Threw it out to him. I love that to get Jalen in space. And I also love it because it's one of those plays you can work something off of. And a quarterback draw would have been perfect off of that play. You know what I'm saying now? Oh, that is a thing of beauty, Kyler. Hey, I looked at that Missouri-Georgia game. I saw a lot of man coverage by Missouri. You take that linebacker out of the box. You got 5v5. I like where you're going. Yes. So those are things that I'm like, I'm noticing. I'm like, oh, okay. I really like this. Um, there's another one before the half that I'm pretty sure it was before the half that Castles is leading up inside as if he's doing the same blocking that Jacob Warren did on Jalen Wright's touchdown. The exact same. And what does he do? He just splits the linebackers and goes straight, and it's just a dump pass to him. Absolutely love it. What linebacker is thinking, oh, this is going to be a route when the tight end comes inside like we do on almost all of our run plays with the tight end lead? They're both going to think, oh, man, here's a run. I got to come up, and he just splits them, goes right down the middle. I absolutely love That wasn't it. the Nico one, was it? This was That was earlier from Joe? No, that Nico one – was 
even better because it was wasn't up ball. in the middle as Castles. Castles went on the outside, and they still didn't cover him. Yeah, because he did the fake quarterback draw type deal. Yeah, he did like an outside release. So I freaking love it. Um, I've seen this a bunch of times before, but Joe uh, pulling the ball on the run on the counter and then starting to run outside and then throws it to Dante. That's just a great like I can go three different ways on one play. I can hand it off to the running back. I can take it, run it myself, or I can throw it to the bubble screen. It's just like that is very difficult for a defense to cover all three possibilities. So I love seeing that. I love seeing that kind of wrinkle with it. You know what those um, are, you know what those are called? What? I said, do you know what those are called, Kyler? <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's any others that I was just like really liking. Um I literally put I literally I literally drew a heart on my notes next to that, next to that uh castle's little pop pass when he faked the faked the thing. So um uh, yeah, I think that was uh, that was just offensively, and you know, we'll talk about the second half more when we talk about Nico, but just a great day overall. So let's jump into you know, defense. You did my joke though when I you were talking about when he did the counter, held it, and then threw it to Dante. I said, You don't know what that's called, do you, Kyler? <laughs> it's RPO. Yes, I understand. I know, but I was waiting for you to say it. Yeah. Yes, RPO. Um, and I don't. I have never seen Joe run it in that way. Right. You know what I mean. But I've seen other teams run it in that way, where a quarterback is really actually rolling and running and brings up the safety to him. Um, so it was just it was good to see from Joe. All right, starting on scoring defense. Let's do it. As I mentioned, you're going into a game like this, and you're like, yo, I'm about to get a hat trick, three sacks, or like I'm about to get 20 tackles, or I want a pick, whatever the case may be. The thing that made me the happiest about the three scores was that it was three seniors, very deserving. Yes. <laughs> Tank gets the easiest throw he's ever going to have, and he house calls it. I mean, I mean, it was an easy throw right to him. He basically got to walk in. We all have joked and talked about Tyler Barron getting a pickup uh, fumble and getting it run, you know, running it back, and then you hear the whistle. So it was nice that mm -hmm. he was able to score. It was a beautiful play by Gabe Judiali to come up, engage the blocker, get off the block, get the tackle, and strip that buddy. That Rip that thing, man. I have not seen that enough this year. And I would agree with you. I would agree with you. So it was great to see that. And then A.B., baby, Aaron Beasley – He's right there. He's running the route with the guy, picks it off. And how much sweeter can – I mean, you cannot get any sweeter than when he's running it and he gets the little pylon dive. I, I mean – Yeah, it's, and it's like the quarterback is the last line of the guy and you just make it past him. Like, it's, it's a nice play. I promise you. I promise you. That is DBs and linebackers. There's nothing more that you want than a pick six – where you get a chance to meet somebody at the at the pylon and you just ah you just leave it, so super sick. So it's, I, that's their, it's I, their chance to be an offensive player, like at that moment. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Only other thing is uh, on defense for me, uh, Elijah Simmons. He had his little stretch there where he was playing bully ball, and I thought it was funny where Derek Mason was laughing. Uh, Derek Mason, the old Vandy coach that was calling the game, and you know you just can't help but see 
big Elijah Simmons in that number 10, just <laughs> like, and, and it was just awesome to see. And did you see when he peeled back? And he, yes. I was nervous that he was going to hurt RDB, which I don't even remember. <laughs> Dude, he laid that guy out. <laughs> and then I love this Elijah. This is the Elijah everybody's been waiting on. I know. He was just going ham out there. I know. I know. And my mom and I were watching the game together at this time. And, or I had been watching it, but she came in and was sitting there eating. And I was like, Mom, look at number 10. And she's like, Golly, that's a big boy. I said, Yeah, I always think it's funny because whenever I see his helmet, I get anxiety and claustrophobia for him. Yeah. I feel like he's not going to be able to get his helmet off and he's just going to have to live in it. Yeah. And so so I was explaining that his, to her. His face mask is like this far away from his, it's like two inches away from his nose. I know. Dude. I know. And then I was telling, then I was telling my mom about when we would go to practice and how bad we would feel for all the defense linemen because of Rodney Garner, but then you would just see big Elijah. And he just waddles and you know, he's just, but I loved it when he, so he, he peeled back and got that big hit on. And like, I was nervous that he hurt our own guy, but then when he was coming towards our sideline and got his big paw up and then he's rumbling, then he falls. And it's just like the most adorable thing I've ever seen. And then he gets up and he does this, uh, yeah, the bull celebration. Yeah. That was great, dude. I know. And my mom, my mom saw that and she's like, he's doing his feet like dogs do after they go to the bathroom. And I was like, that's his celebration. Thanks, thing. Karen. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he would love to hear that. Yeah. And I was like, that's his little celebration. But anyway, so it was great seeing that. It was nice to see a bunch of young cats in there flying around. Tyler Barron, once again, they, they tried to uh, reach him. With maybe it, no, it was this one. They tried to reach him with a tackle, and he body bags tackle for loss. And then when they get down on the red zone or in the in, uh, in the red zone on like the two or three, and they get the very very close huddled up. Two plays in a row, Elijah just making a massive pile. That that's what happened. First play, well, they try to run it to yeah. with the with the defensive lineman. Elijah takes three dudes yeah. in the middle, and then the second play, it's a late snap by the center elijah's on it again takes three dudes and both guys on the outside just tyler and pierce meeting well the thing about that is too on that one where they were saying it was a bad snap if i'm not mistaken elijah was not only inside but he was over the center so mm-hmm. he could have been the reason that there was a bad snap because the guy's worried about getting his hands on this and then right when it snapped elijah's pushing and he can't get it back to him but the fact that you had elijah and karat both body bag the middle, and then you have Tyler Barron and Roman Harrison on one side, James Pierce is on the other side, and that was just an that was kind of like a like a little uh that was just kind of an example of what that entire game was. It's yeah. we're just better than you, we're bigger than you, we're stronger than you, we're more talented than you. Uh, and so that was that was really funny. It was just uh it was just dominant to see that. <laughs> Ricky Gibson with a great, great stop on third and three. Your boy comes up, he reads the play well, his eyes are in the right spot, then he makes a tackle. I, yeah, I, love I loved I loved watching Ricky. That was something I wrote down too. It was like I test him more. I was like, throw it to throw it to his side more. You know, he ended up with a PI on one. And every single time, like even though PI play, I'm like, here's a good learning opportunity. Here's a good learning opportunity. Like, here's another play for Ricky. Like just Put on his belt, put on his belt, put on his belt, get better and better and better. Because I have such high hopes for him that it's like I want him to be a great SEC shutdown corner for us. I'm telling you, I have high hopes for him and Jordan Matthews. And so, I, you know, but like I said, I love seeing some of the young cats come in, getting their opportunity. 
I personally feel like whether it was some of the backups who were walk-ons who have been in there for a long time, like number 35, I think it's Will Brooks. Will Brooks, yeah. Every time that he gets his chance in the game, whether it's special teams or – Two great plays at the end. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. And I've all, I've mentioned on here before, when I go to practice, he is very much always doing what he's supposed to. He's always in the right play. And he's always kind of like making plays here and there. But then you get Cam Seldon in there. Um, you get Khalif in there. You get some of the other offensive linemen in there. Like I said, you got other receivers. Anytime some of our like you know older statesmen who were walk-ons and have been around the program or our younger scholarship guys, they all seem to – at least be ready, meaning the moment's not too big for him. In, in yeah. my opinion, in my opinion, I don't know what you what you think. No, I agree with you. Um, when you see a bunch of stupid penalties, is when you're like, oh, they're not ready, like they're not well, mentally or, prepared. And they didn't have those. And well, let me say first, this: stupid penalties or blown assignments or missed things. That that's yeah. where you. And like the first drive that we saw some backups on offense in, they go down and score. So it's like, you know, the defensive twos come in and there's still only three points on the board. Like they don't let up any points. So it's, you know, it's really good to see. Obviously there's a drop off when you go from your ones to your twos to your threes, but the guys are still out there playing and, you know, we want to kind of poo-poo on UConn because obviously they scored only three points. But, like, I thought a lot of their offensive play calls was pretty inventive. Like, to bring those two tight ends out of the backfield, they use that jolly guy a lot. I, I think he's a really good player. Like, I wouldn't mind if Heifel freaking got his ass in transfer portable and brought him over as a little freaking flex tight end. Um, But, like – I thought they were trying as many things as they possibly could, as many trick plays as they could. They were they were all these motions and formations and you know, just trying a ton of stuff. And it was kudos to our defense for like holding strong. You know, we got beat on the one double pass. Uh some some guys bit on it, but like overall it's just I mean, it was just good defensive play. Yeah. It really was. Um, I mean, that sounds a little that sounds a little uh not bad, but it sounds a little misleading because we got beat on the double play, but we didn't give up a touchdown. You, you yeah. know what I mean? So, and we ended up holding them to a field goal. But anyways, let's get to Nico, please. Can we get please to Nico, or you got more defense? <laughs> well, I wanted to go through my notes. Go through, go through. I, I'm go, go just through. see if there was any. Um, one thing I did write down. It was like the very first thing that I that I did write down. I was like, I know that outside zone is what you guys like to do, UConn, but it is not your friend versus our defensive ends. It is not going to work for you. Tyler Barron, Roman Harrison, James Pierce are going to push your tackles into the backfield, and it's what they did all game long. And there was no running lanes on outside zone. Uh, and a uh, little foreshadowing: Missouri is an outside zone run team. So love that. Um, Tell me we have to set the edge. Yeah. Big time. Uh, yeah, let's jump into Nico. I think that's a good defensive talk. Let's jump into Nico. How are you feeling about it? I think I can speak for most of all fans when I say I am fucking excited. You don't want to hear me go yet, so let's hear the former Vol. I want to hear when you were there and Josh – Dobbs hadn't started yet. 
if you can remember anything in our childhood, how excited you were, or anything since you've been gone. Has there been a player that you've been more excited about? Hmm. In any, any of those phases, any of those phases, was there anyone when you were, uh, you know, it could have been someone, you were there five years, it could have been someone that was in your class, it could have been someone that transferred in, it could have been a recruit while you were older or younger, whatever, or like I said, when you were a kid, when I was a kid, or since you've been gone, is there anyone you're more excited to watch? Uh, no, I would not say there's anybody more excited. If there are guys that I can think back on that I'm like, Ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to see what he can do. Uh, right around my time, Bryce Brown at running back when that was the year before me, that was Lane Kiffin year. I was like, this guy's going to be an absolute monster. I remember watching his high school highlight tape, Cordero watching Cordero in, in training camp. I was like, Buddy's going to go off. I cannot wait to watch him. Um, I was very excited about Jalen Hurd when he first got there and was a freshman, and he played right away. And I just loved his mentality as a running back. Um, and Alvin, like Alvin was doing silly shit at practice that you saw, and I was super excited to see him on the field. So the, there's a few guys, but I don't think – it's been anything like this because in these kind of scenarios, when you sign a five-star and he comes in, it is very much like he's playing a lot or he's playing right away. And you don't have this sit and wait for a lot of these types of guys. Um, and that just makes the anticipation so much more. And then I just see him out there and I see him moving around in the pocket and stepping up and 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 rolling out when he feels the pressure and keeping his eyes downfield. It's just like for how bad freaking Garantano was at staying in the pocket, Nico is that good at leaving the pocket. Um and I just I yeah. I'm just very excited for what he's going to bring. I like the fact that Cooper, Jeremiah, Spraggs, and Mincy all stayed in the game for Nico's first drive. I was he wondering. had four out of five offensive linemen. He had Castles, who's a starter. Um, he had I, – I don't know if they had changed out Cam Selden in at running back yet. I think he still had like Dylan Sampson in there. So he- it kind of gives him – I think Cam was in there his first drive. Was he? It kind of so. gives him just like, hey, I'm not giving you the scrubs right now. You're still you st- you're still with the one, so you can you have protection for a little little longer. You can keep your eyes downfield a little bit more. You're not nervous about the rush. Um, so I loved that, and I just, I mean, everything I saw out of Nico, I don't think his touchdown to Castles was supposed to be a fake draw. I think he literally was like, oh, time is is slowing down. Like, maybe I go and just did one of these real quick and was like, wait a second, Castles is open and stood back up and threw it. Like, I think it was just Nico playing ball in that moment. Wait, you think it was actually a quarterback draw call? No, that's what I'm saying. I don't think it was a quarterback draw call. I don't think it was like this, like, oh, fake the draw and then pop it over the top. Like, fake the draw so the linebackers come up. No, I think it was just Nico. He's in the pocket. He's like, oh, I might have to take off. And he steps. 
But that is an example of how good he is at keeping his eyes downfield is that he stepped forward as if like, I'm going to have to run and still noticed castles and was like, Oh shit, I can still throw it to him. Stood back up and let it go. And it ended up being a touchdown. It's just those kinds of things. You just, you don't necessarily teach that. Like that's just him being a football player. So, so here, here's my thing. With, with, with Nico and I've and I've thought about it. so I've never been a big recruit recruiting following type person. When I was younger, I would listen to sports talk, and so if they were talking about somebody, then you might hear about them, and then that would be the extent of it. Like, oh, I remember the name Kyler. Like, I'm just using you an example. Like, oh, I heard the name Kyler Kerberson. He's a four star from Louisiana. He's supposed to be a really good offensive tackle when he gets here. And so I'd like, okay. But then I would never like do any research or anything. I may look at a quick rivals photo just to look at the other offers, but I was never really keeping up with it. And yeah. when I was young, and then and then I got a little bit older into high schools about that same vibe. So that was middle school and high school. Then, then probably in, in college when I was done playing, I would listen to it and pay attention to it a little bit more. Maybe watch some highlights, but I never really got myself too excited. There's a couple people that I would get, you know, kind of excited about. And the, I, you know, Jalen Hurd, I was like pretty pumped about, but it's a running back. And it's not the 1990s, really, where you're going to just be in the I formation and pound it. And you can have a Jamal Lewis just take over or a Reggie Bush take over or all these, you know, great running backs in college. So it's like, okay, like I'm excited, but it's still a running back. Eric Berry, I think I was still a little bit younger, but then I like pooped my pants and loved him like all Tennessee did once we saw him basically one time. So for me, there wasn't anyone that I was just like super, super stoked by. And when Nico came in, we were excited, but I didn't really let my excitement get crazy until we saw him in the orange and white game and saw mm. a little bit of the um the a little bit of the things that we've now seen even more of. Yeah, the skill set. And so, and the last thing is that reason that my excitement is so much for him is because he is a quarterback. And we have had these guys who are four-star quarterbacks come in, whether it's a Justin Worley or a Taven Jackson, or maybe he was a three-star or Harrison Bailey. And you hear about guys like, okay, four-star, like they have potential to be good. But then it's, we get the legit five-star, he looks like a freak in anything you watch him, whether it's high school film, whether it's volleyball, and when you see him in the orange and white game, and it's like, okay. And the last thing is, is we have Coach Heupel, the quarterback whisperer. Are you there? It looks like it's frozen. No, I'm here. Okay. So all of those things have led to me, and I don't mean this is not making fun of or joking or throwing shade at Tennessee fans that are sometimes called sheeps, where they're all orange, no matter what's happened, no matter what they hear, they're all in. And there's something to say that's like, kudos, like you're a fan, you're going to be all in. But for me, I, I try not to be sheepish, but I could not be more excited, more sheepish, <laughs> more drinking the orange Kool-Aid than I am for Nico. Yeah. I'm trying to temper expectations, but then I'm like, why? Like what I've seen with my eyes 
the difference with him is he's not in the game, drops back, hits his back foot, and lets a deep ball go, and someone runs under it. Now, is that impressive? Sure, that's impressive, but everyone can do that. I'm not seeing him drop back, let his third foot, third step hit, and then he takes off and runs like Mike Vicks. Like, yeah, that's really cool, but guess what? That's athleticism. The throw is, hey, you are just got a big arm, and you throw it out there, and you let someone run underneath it. I want to see the things that make quarterbacks really special when you have the physical gifts, and that is why I'm all in on Nico is because of the pocket presence, the spidey senses, the holding the ball with two hands, maneuvering in the pocket. He get Dude, he gets out of the pocket, and there's a guy in his way. He's holding it with two hands. Yep. He gets out of the way. He then moves the ball to his left hand, uses his right hand to like keep his balance, get out. Then he goes back to two hands, yeah. field, throws a laser, and I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, what? Then it's – then it's you know it's it's not it's it's he's got the Tom Brady paint Manning where he's not looking to run he just steps up in the pocket then he maneuvers the pocket then he does have the the athletic ability to get out keep his eyes out then when he needs to take off and run he can take off and run he's got wiggle he's got juke he's got moves now I'm gonna make I'm gonna give the kid a hard time a little bit you can tell he's a freshman you can tell he's a freshman you can tell he got a little nervous he got in the open field he's like holy crap in in a year or two I think Nico House calls that run he yeah. got like. Super excited that you get let the grass monster kind of get him. He's like, Do I run? Do I slide? What do I do? Bro, let me tell you this. You had one UConn safety to miss. If you could go back and do that 10 times, you're probably going to score eight out of the 10 times. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it, it's just, it's just, uh, man, it's really, really, really exciting because I think he has potential. To, I'll, Kyler, I'm going to say this. Are you there? Yeah. I, I I don't think this is like a hot talk, a hot take. I think he's going to be better than Hendon Hooker, and I think it's it's I think stats wise, it probably won't end up being close because Hendon will get uh, or Nico will maybe get three years. I, maybe he leaves after two, but if he has two years and Hendon has two years, I think he blasts Hendon's stats. Mm-hmm. And I think just because his natural athletic ability plus how I said his pocket presence. Did you see how well he made, went through his progressions? Oh, it's insane. I, I mean, did you see just eyes, 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 go. Eyes, 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 get out of the pocket. Eyes, eyes, eyes. Like, it's it's silly. So, I truly think that he'll end up go if, if he doesn't get hurt and, and nothing crazy happens, but just based on what you see, he, he, he has potential to be the best quarterback in UT history behind Peyton Manning. And he might end up having better stats than Peyton because you're they're in two different in, uh, errors. Yeah. But it's, I mean, I sound it, it, like it's, it's crazy. You it's see crazy. those little things, like you said, like, oh, I, I've seen a guy throw a deep ball. But, like, you see the little things of going through the progression, of moving inside of the pocket while going through the progression, feeling the rush around him, not – not getting spooked, but just feeling it and moving left and the right and up and forward and just just making sure that he's okay. And then the takeoff and then the takeoff without taking off the I'm running, but I'm not running. I'm going to keep my eyes downfield and, and find a guy to throw the ball to. Those kind those kinds of things are so difficult to teach into quarterbacks. Yeah, you can have the arm. Yeah, you can throw it really, really hard, right? And you got accuracy when you're standing still. But how's your accuracy when you're on the move? 
what what does it look like when all your progression breaks down? Um, and Nico and there was all the hype for him. He's a five star. Everyone's excited. You don't know how well he how good he's actually going to be because it's high school to college and you're unaware. And then every single time we've seen him on the field, he's done something that you're just like, shit, man, shit. Like he's doing that as a freshman. And the only thing, the only thing that can hold him back from reaching his potential is if mentally he gets, he he allows the game to speed him up and he allows environments to get to him. But I don't see that happening either because when you've been this big of a star since you were 16 years old, and it, if he's coming from a good family that keeps mm-hmm. him grounded, like that stuff is, and it, it's almost that same vibe of Bryce Young and some of those guys that are those West Coast guys. It's just like, you know, mahalo, bro. It's like they don't get too up, they don't get too down. No, like, definitely not. They're just like they're just like whatever, man. Like it is what it is. And so, dang, like I, and someone I saw some people make comments. You know, hey, why did Hypo only leave him in for two drives? I per I personally get it. You get some work in. You you you, and people are like, well, is it because they don't want the they don't want there to be a quarterback competition, and he doesn't want to hear it. Does, you know, he not want to get him hurt? You know, I don't know. People are saying both stuff. I don't mind it. Let him get in, get a couple drives, and then get to Gaston more. Because if if Joe does get hurt, then it is Nico's job. And I would hate for Nico to get hurt uh, against UConn in a meaningless game when we mm-hmm. do have Missouri and, and uh, Georgia coming up. And, you know, football, it, one snap away seems really far away until it's that one play. And so – let the kid get some reps. He looked good. Get him out of the game and let Gaston Moore finish it out in garbage time. So I didn't like what happened in the game, right? As you watched his two drives, what was happening the most? He was escaping the pocket and trying to find people downfield. That means your quarterback is running around free. And that's not like a good spot for him to be to prevent injuries. If those drives went, we're running the ball really well. They're driving the field. Uh, whenever we have to pass, he's throwing from the pocket and he's not trying having to escape. That's a different vibe to it. Oh, I know my court, like my quarterback's safe right now. He's, he's okay. But it's like, you know, eight out of 15 plays he's moving, he's running. It's like, okay, well that was good enough. (laughs) You know, I saw what I needed to see. Let's, let's get the other guys in there. And it's 59 to three. There's not, there's no need to like really try and score again. Yeah, agreed with all those things. And why can't get like, let Gaston Moore get in there and get some run too? You know what I mean? Nico's going to have plenty of time. Nico's going to have plenty of time. Let Gaston Moore get in there and do his thing. But, anyways, I, it's the most excited I have ever been for any player on any of my teams. I mean, I think I've been more excited for him than I was for John Morant. I've been more excited for him than maybe any Titans player that we've drafted or signed. I maybe have to think about that one for a minute, but it's insane. All right, Missouri Tigers, what did you see out of them in Georgia? Let's talk about these Tigers. So, rewatching just, you know, going over the big plays from that game and just watching Missouri on offense, they like to run the outside zone. That is like their bread and butter running play, I would say. Um, you know, like where we like to run counter a lot. 
right? Every team has their like one run that ends up being their bread and butter. I remember when I was at UT, we wanted it to be inside zone. That was the goal for it to be. But then counter just worked so well for us that that ended up being what we did the most. Um, but they love a little outside zone. So I, you know, mentioned a little bit earlier, but like setting the edge versus this team is going to be so important. Um, and I like our D line versus outside zone. I like a guard trying to reach a three technique and who's ever at three technique for us. I like Bryson Eason fighting across the guard's face, Omari Thomas, Omar Norman Lott, Karat Garland, Elijah Simmons even. I like that. That matchup to me as a defensive coordinator or a defensive guy, I'm like, heck yeah, let's do that more. Um, they've got playmakers on the edge. They've got wide receivers who can make some catches, make some contested balls. And, I mean, they make plays. Cook is a good quarterback. He can throw the ball. Um, and he can take off. He loves to run it. They love to get him running it. Uh, and I could very easily see him being a part of the run offense. Hey, we're going to do more quarterback draws. Hey, we're going to do more option plays. Um, just because I don't really feel like we've seen it a ton this season of, of that quarterback. And, you know, Georgia even did some spy. They did some quarterback spy just to leave him in there, just to make sure that we're doing all right. I, I'm not opposed to that. I'm not opposed to having Elijah Herring or Aaron Beasley be a little spy. It get, it makes you a little bit weaker on the back end if you rush four and you have a spy. Um, so, it you know, it makes coverage a little harder on the DBs. So they got to kind of step up with that. Um, but – yeah, I, I I think their offense has, you know, done really well this year. Um, they're an up-tempo team. So I think, you know, our, our defense can kind of get a little, you know, maybe there's more team periods this week of like going against our offense and just feeling that out. Um, but offensively, I think they play a lot of man coverage on defense. Uh, which goes towards, hey, wide receivers, you got to make a play. When you watched them versus Georgia, it was, if that Georgia receiver, running back, whoever caught the ball can make the first guy miss, it's a big game. You got to make your first guy miss. Um, they, uh, I feel like their linebackers are not that great. Uh, I think they're good, but I think they fall for play action a lot. Um, I think they get lost in the shuffle on the inside. Um, and yeah, they run like a three down and a four down. They rotate on defense. Um, they'll switch it up. They run a lot of exotic blitzes, which is something you got to watch. Um, but it's going to be man coverage behind it. They're going to run an odd blitz where they've got three linebackers on the line and four defensive linemen. You don't know who's coming and one guy will, rush two steps and then drop and, and take off. And that's like to hold an offensive lineman and think, Oh, I have to block this guy. And then two guys run past him. That's what they're going to do. Um, so discipline by the offensive line, getting depth by the offensive line is going to be important in pass pro 
Don't stay up towards the line if you think that you're blocking that guy. Just just keep keep backpedaling. Just get depth. Just stay on the same same level as everybody else. Don't don't get off kilter. Um, but I'm excited for this game. I don't I don't know which way it's going to go. I think Missouri is a really good team. I think they do some good stuff. And it's like if we don't play a good ball game, they can definitely beat us. Um, and Missouri playing at Missouri was always like really fun to me. Uh, it felt like they, it was a different place than usual sec. Uh, cause it's a little further North. It's cold. Um, it's one of the darkest night games you'll ever be a part of. It gets pitch black out there. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like, they barely have any lights on the stadium or what, but it just feels very, very dark. Um, but I love their turf. Their turf is awesome. It it was great for my kick sets when I played there. So I loved playing there. Uh, and I, I felt very fast on their turf. So hopefully our guys feel fast as well. Offensively, with, with the man coverage that they're going to run, there's two things to – well, one thing you need to see, and I expect us to see, is some of those more bunch routes and some mm. of uh, – get everyone bunched up and do some of these different switch releases like we saw at Alabama where you had guys inside and your receiver was kind of bunched in close and he's going to come this way to hopefully open it up for a tight end or your tight end is going to run it out and your receiver is going to come underneath and then your back will go out. I think you'll see a lot of that. Pseudo picks. All, all those type things. The other thing is, is besides quarterback run that are designed, that we've started to see a lot more, when you're in man coverage, the best of the best, and the things that these individuals do, when they see it's man coverage, and they see that the you know all the DBs have their back to them, the quarterbacks take off and run. Patrick Mahomes and all the great stuff that that guy does, this is maybe the best thing he does. Literally, he's elite of the elite with throwing the ball and accuracy and extending plays. That guy today had a third and 18, and they ran man coverage, and he almost picked it up in his stupid little, like, shimmying around waddle because they don't. people don't understand. When you're a defensive back and you're in man coverage, my whole thing is, like, I'm looking right here, and the last thing I'm thinking – <laughs> is my guy is not going to be the reason that I give up a big player. I give up a first down. So you're that you're so locked into your guy because there's that just massive accountability. Yeah. Even, even a little bit more than, than zone. So it's like as a DB, as a linebacker, you're turning and running and it just gets free run. So I need to see Joe pick up some, some second and third down to first downs when they're running man. The obvious is now I don't need to say, hey, we have to have a good day running the ball. That's obvious. That's what we are. We're really good at running the ball. If we don't yeah. have a good day, if we don't have that, we're not going to have a good day. Exactly. So yeah. I don't need to say that we, we have to run the ball well. I'm saying these are the other little pieces that I'm assuming that I'm saying we need when I'm assuming that we will still run the ball pretty effectively. Now, defensively, and I and I and I agree with you. I think Missouri's a pretty good ball club. Um it's weird. This year's weird because it's like, yeah, they stayed with Georgia at home, but it's like Georgia's good. They're not great because of how good they've been the past two years. But, you know, I saw Kentucky go in there and Florida play them at neutral thinking, hey, like, will these teams keep it close? Nah, like 
they're getting blasted. Georgia's taking this to be, hey, we might not be as good as we are last year, but we're still going to handle our business against people that maybe aren't as good as they were last year. So yeah. it was, still was there. They played it well. It could have been a fourth-quarter game if they didn't have the, the pick to the big fella, rumbling, stumbling. And so it's one tip ball away from, like I said, being a fourth quarter where Missouri has a chance to win that in Athens. I haven't checked the spread yet. Uh, I don't know if it's out yet because we're recording on Sunday. It might be out. It might come out tomorrow. I'm assuming Missouri's going to be favored. Uh, I would think so by a couple points, maybe, maybe not. But it's going to uh, be. Yeah, I don't know. That that might be one of those like minus one, plus yeah. one kind of games where it's like it really is a pick them. Yes. Um, the, that, the reason like I said, you said, it, if not for that interception to the big fella, that's I mean, a one-score game yeah. in the fourth quarter. Like that could have been a very yeah. different outcome. Yes, and as much as Eli Drinkowitz is pretty lameo, good offensive mind. He's obviously got these guys playing well. They do have a dog at receiver. Like you said, Cook is a good quarterback. He's a playmaker defensively. Defensively, I'm not going to say our defensive line needs to play well because guess what? They are they have solidified themselves as being a really good unit. So mm-hmm. I'm expecting them to, to play well against the run and against the pass. The key to me this week are the linebackers are massively keys because mm-hmm. it's outside zone, they're gonna have to climb over the top, scrape through the top. They gotta get there. You have to get as a linebacker, it is much easier to fill an A or B or even C gap compared to getting all the way outside, you, you got to get there. If they want to run backs out of the back, you got to be there. You got to make tackles in space. Then when it is, if they are in man coverage, you got to be there. But then if they're in a, a spy, you're going to have to be there. And I love our linebackers, but they're still not the most physically gifted. And that's not a not a shot taken there. You know, it's we don't have a 6'2", 6'3". 2-4, guy that's like a 4-4 guy. We, we don't have that. So they have to be really good with their with their eyes, with their um, uh, angles, stuff like that. And the other thing is, too, is I would say all DBs, I expect our corners, Gabe and, and Danico and whoever else is in there to play good coverage and come up and tackle well. So this is a game that I need – Wesley, Tamarian, and Tank to play well. I need our safeties and our nickels to play well. I'm trusting I need, yeah, them. I need them to make tackles on the outside. Yeah. Yes, they are going to have to be critical in coming up and stopping the run, especially if they do want to keep outside zoning us. And they are going to be very, very critical in the to not give up a big pass play. We really want to get these guys, hey, let them drive it down on us. Let us get in the red zone. And so for me, the key on defense is linebackers. And once they bend but don't break, is fine. But once they get in the red zone, you got to hold them to a couple field goals. And if we can get, I truly believe, because you're right, this is going to be a one, two, or three-point game one way or the other uh, line-wise. So if one of these teams gets a turnover, I think it could be big time. And whether it's they get one or we get one, however it happens, whether it's a gift or someone making a great play, I think it's going to be very, very important. I agree with that. And your linebacker take, I mean, that's that's going to be so important, the linebackers. Like – Yes, we want the DBs to make those tackles on the edges. We trust our defensive line. But, like, with a running quarterback, your linebackers are so important because he can take off at any moment. And then it's, like, doesn't matter if you stop the run on first and second down. It's third and long because he just picks it up every time. And that just demoralizes the defense. So it's going to be huge. Um, and it just reminded me, and I didn't shout it out when we were talking defense, but, like, Aaron Beasley and some of the runs – that he had of just taking 
the one play that they ran out like a outside suite to the other side and Aaron Beasley was literally on the other side of the field and just took off and hawked Buddy down and made a tackle. Like that's impressive shit from Aaron Beasley. Oh. And I, that's why I love him as a linebacker. It's so um, impressive. And, and that's what's a bummer is because I, I hate to say like athletically or genetics wise, but it's true. He's so good at the game of ball, but it's if he was two inches taller, uh, 15, you know, two inches taller, 10 pounds heavier and was a legit four or five guy. I mean, you're looking at a guy that's going to go first or second round because he's For that sure. instinctual. He's that instinctual. He's that good of a tackle. He's that good of a player. But that that is unfortunately what makes a difference sometimes. Genetics just happens to to help out. But I'm I am very excited about this game. I was a little bit nervous for the Kentucky game. I feel now that I can trust this team to show up on the road and to show up in in general and start fast and play well. It's going to be a fourth quarter game, so I'm legitimately excited to to see this. Obviously, I want to win, um, but I'm less nervous and just saying like, okay, let's kick this thing off and it's it's let's go fight for sixty minutes and see what happens. Yeah, exactly. It and. I don't know if it like this is also like a good team we're playing, right? It doesn't feel like we're losing to a, a South Carolina like we did last year. Like I didn't want to say game it. versus. I, 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 didn't, I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to bring up the hey, if we lose, because I'm still going to be pissed. Yes, but, but it's not going to be like holy crap, we just lost to Virginia Kentucky. Like Missouri's ranked, they're a good team. It's there's no moral victories, but you get my point. Yes, 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 yes. I'm with you. I'm with you on it. Um, it. It feels a lot different than playing those SC teams when you're supposed to dominate. Like this is a pick 'em game. This could go either way, and really just depends on how those breaks are made. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited for a competition. This, this truly is. Besides being in a Florida, Alabama, or Georgia that really make the season and those wins take you usually where you want to go. This mm -hmm. is a slightly, I'm not going to say make or break game, but it's a season altering one. Cause if you win this, then that Georgia game is that, that much bigger. If you lose this, it's like, Hey, you know, the bowl game's going to change, you know, Hey, that's a, that's a really, really good win. If you win that they are on the road type vibe. So I yeah. Instead of being nervous, like, I'm nervous to lose because I'm going to be pissed if we do. This one's like, hey, like, let's go fight. Like, this is a good opportunity. Let's go play ball. Exactly. Exactly. See you, Kyler. All right, brother. I'll see you. All right. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. If you are watching, please like, subscribe, hit that notification bell, and leave a comment. Uh, if you're just listening, rate and review, download, re-download, and follow us on all those listening platforms. Uh, also, follow us on social media, at Pancakes and Bacon for our main account on Twitter at pancakes and bacon underscore RTI on Instagram. Uh, if you want to follow Reed, it is at rbacon26 on Twitter. And then for myself, it's just at Kyler Kerbison on all social medias. So check me out there. And uh, yeah, just thank you guys so much. Uh, really appreciate it. And as always, go Vols.